0: Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. Dr. Drew Kular is a physician at New York Presbyterian Hospital and an assistant professor in the Weill Cornell Department of Health Policy and Research. He co-authored a commentary in AJMC's September issue on utilizing data sharing networks to deliver targeted care to high need, high cost patients. Thank you for joining me today, Dr. Kular.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: So how would you explain the difference between the traditional concept of precision medicine and the idea of precision health that you discuss in your commentary?
1: So by precision medicine, we typically think of customizing diagnostics and treatments that are based on a patient's unique genetic profile. And That's thought to be really important for the future of personalized care. But in this article, we wanted to get at a concept of precision health, by, by which we mean developing care models that are based on a patient's unique medical needs and their unique social needs, and then matching those models uh, with the patients who are most likely to benefit.
0: So, why are integrated data sharing networks important specifically for high need, high cost patients that have uh, complex health needs?
1: So we argue that uh, these types of integrated data sharing networks are really important for patients that have high needs and high costs because they have a lot of interactions with the health system. And we need to get a more complete picture of what's going on in these patients' lives. And so uh, the more information that we have, have not just from claims data, which is what we use to do most of these analyses, but also from clinical data, also from genomic data, and importantly, from social determinants of health data, the better that we'll be able to meet the needs of these patients who have very frequent interactions with the health system.
0: And. How are current data sharing efforts maybe falling short when it comes to serving these patients and, and actually delivering something like precision health? I mean, just from reporting on the industry for a couple of years, it seems like continuously year after year, interoperability is the thing that gets brought up. Is that still the issue? Are there other things that are going on?
1: Sure. So there's, you know, a number of effort to analyze data for high need, high cost patients and better meet their needs. But there are some limitations of, uh, in the ways that we're doing it right now. So one limitation is often it's difficult to share information across different health systems, and this is really important because a lot of high need, high cost patients have their across multiple clinics, multiple providers, and multiple hospital systems. And so one study, for instance, of high-need, high-cost patients in Maryland found that only 30% of high-need, high-cost patients visit one hospital, and almost 40% visit three or more hospitals. So if we're not able to exchange data across them, that can be really problematic, uh, another limitation of the way that we're doing things right now is that we're focusing mostly on just Medicare data, and that's in part access, and that's what most is used. But we have to recognize that patients on Medicaid or patients that are commercially insured, they may have very different drivers of what's causing high healthcare utilization. And finally, I would say uh, most of our analyses rely too heavily on claims data. So claims data is, of course, important. It gives us important information about how and when a patient is interacting with the health system, but it doesn't give us a complete picture. And so uh, in order to get that complete picture, we need to try to get clinical factors like functional status, we may need to get genomic information on patients. And of course, uh, as we increasingly recognize that social risk and social determinants of health data can be very important to get that complete picture of a patient.
0: So in the commentary, you use the example of a patient with readmissions for heart failure, exacerbations. Can you take us through the different types of data sources that would yield those different types of information that you just mentioned that physicians can then take better care of such a patient?
1: Sure. So when we're Talking about a patient with heart failure, as I mentioned, most of the data that we use for research and analysis is based on claims data, and that does give us some information. So from claims data, we might understand how a patient with heart failure, uh, how often they're admitted to the hospital, how often they're discharged. We might get some information about whether uh, they have diastolic heart failure or systolic heart failure. We might understand whether they have other cardiopulmonary comorbidities, things like COPD. Uh, but if we start integrating clinical information, we get a lot more nuance into this picture. And so we might, from clinical information, understand how their weight fluctuates over time, how Frequently, we have to change their diuretic dosing. Uh, from lab data, we understand their BNP levels. And increasingly, we'll have information about genomics. And so how do their genetic polymorphisms, how might that inform the dosing for things like beta blockers and warfarin? And then finally, bringing in the social risk is really important. So does this patient have an air conditioner? Do they live in a neighborhood that's a food desert, or do they live in a neighborhood that has a lot of access to fresh and healthy food? And so uh, we can see that claims data gives us some information, but to create more nuance about these types of patients' and design care models to meet their unique needs, we really need to integrate clinical data and social data as well.
0: And so with the social data, I mean, so this is... That's kind of like a pretty new-ish movement in healthcare. So do people who are trying to design these things always know where to get that social data and how to find that social data to integrate it?
1: You know, it can be hard, but there are uh, increasingly some electronic health records that integrate this type of social data and ask patients about um, uh, information about social risk. Um, A lot of census data can be helpful. So some census data has information at the block level, and we can understand the extent to which patients live in communities that are more vulnerable. So there is a movement to try to start integrating more and more social data into both how we care for patients, but also how we pay providers to care for patients. So uh, it is the case that it's more difficult to care for patients who have more vulnerable social circumstances, and we're we're starting to recognize that across the health system.
0: And then what are the major steps that the different stakeholders, like health systems and payers and policymakers, technology vendors, um, will actually need to take in order to develop data networks that can care for these high-need, high-cost patients?
1: yeah so you know there are a number of steps that will be needed to get us from point A to point B, and so for starters, there will likely need to be greater public investment in these types of data sharing infrastructures and so Picori, for example, has given out some grants to help set up uh, research networks that share data across Systems And I think the Department of Health and Human Services could allocate more funding to promote this type of thing as well as more interoperability of electronic health records. I think secondly, we need to recognize that um, data sharing can be difficult for health systems. They may have financial concerns, competitive concerns when they're sharing their data. So new payment models, I think, will be needed to help both divide the costs of this type of data sharing, but also any potential savings that ultimately result. And finally, I would say that we need to continue to develop a multidisciplinary workforce that includes health services researchers, uh, systems engineers, computer scientists that come together uh, that are able to help us compile, organize, and clean this data so that we can use it uh, in a clinically relevant way.
0: And in your view, what are some of the most promising components of the data sharing initiatives that you mentioned in the commentary and why?
1: Yeah, I think the heart of the issue really is uh, that we need to get more nuanced pictures and more complete pictures of the patients that we are caring for. And so these types of data sharing networks, they can help us get that complete picture of patients. We can better uh, identify who patients are. We can better risk stratify them. We can design care models that are tailored to the unique needs of patients with high need uh, and high cost. And so I think um, as we move towards a world in which we uh, we have a lot more data, we need to find out also how to integrate that data and how to use it effectively.
0: And so those were all the questions I had. Was there anything else that you wanted to add?
1: Those are probably the main points. I think uh the other thing that I would stress is that um what we're recognizing about high need, high cost patients is that uh they're not a homogenous group. And so it's not the case that um, a high need, high cost patient in the past, I think we just thought about them as people who had a lot of healthcare utilization, but they're also they're actually a number of different subgroups. You know, some patients uh, may have mental health needs, others have many chronic conditions, others have uh, very high uh, drug costs, and so the more that we can do to stratify them, to uh, put them into different subgroups, the better we'll be able to uh, do over time tailoring our care to their unique needs. And so that's kind of, I think, the important take-home lesson of some of this work.
0: Great. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks so much. Dr. Cooler's commentary is now available online at ajmc.com. For more information about the intersection of social issues and healthcare delivery, check out the rest of the September issue, which includes a study on the association between food insecurity and healthcare utilization and another study to determine the associations between health literacy of older African Americans and preventive screening behaviors, disease control, and medication adherence. Visit AJMC.com or see the show notes.